0: This is the Recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. The Legacy Theater in Carthage now has its first full-time employee. Tri-States Public Radio's Jane Carlson tells us how that will help the theater move forward.
1: Tom Robbins came on as executive director of the Legacy Theater in December. He has 25 years of experience in arts and theater management. Most recently, he ran a multi-venue performing arts center at the University of Dubuque. Robbins says he was drawn to Carthage because of community support for the theater and a committed and enthusiastic board of directors.
2: But I felt very welcomed by uh, by the community, by the board of directors, and boy, I'm just so impressed with you know, what's preceded me at the Legacy Theater.
1: Robbins also has ties to the area. His in-laws attended Carthage College when it was still in Carthage. The theater dates back to the early 1950s when it was part of Carthage College. It's been through several owners and iterations over the years, and it was renovated and modernized while well owned by Carl Sandburg College. As of last summer, the theater is officially owned by the nonprofit Legacy Theater Foundation.
2: That's where the name comes from, because there's a legacy there of Carthage College, of Robert Morris College, of Carl Sandburg College, of the community, and what they've done over the years to try to support it and and maintain it as as a live performance venue for the area.
1: Robin says at face value, the theater brings art, entertainment, and culture to Carthage and the region. But he says that's really about quality of life. He plans to bring in more programming to make more use of the theater and focus more on outreach and education.
2: We've done a lot of presenting, touring, performances and acts. Uh, You know, they've come from all over the country. These these have been great shows, but we can do more with education. Uh, We'd like to explore the possibility of a series for schools.
1: Robbins also plans to work more closely with local and regional arts organizations. I'm Jane Carlson.
0: Illinois families are dealing with an especially anxious college application season following the Federal Education Department's bumpy rollout of a new financial aid form. An error in the formula for how much a student gets to cover tuition means families will have even less time to evaluate their college options. The U.S. Department of Education has said it will fix the issue, but has not said when. A bill that advanced in the Iowa Senate would reinstate the death penalty more than 60 years after the state's last execution. The bill would allow lethal injection in cases of first-degree murder and would add killing a police officer to the list of first-degree offenses. The bill was opposed by religious advocates who said the state should not return to a policy of taking another life in response to murder. The proposal advanced to the Senate Judiciary Committee. Iowa Senate Democrats are proposing a package of bills to protect abortion rights, expand birth control access, and extend postpartum Medicaid coverage. Senate Minority Leader Pam Yocum says all 16 Democrats in the chamber and the candidates they've recruited are on board with these bills.
2: But regardless of whether we're successful this year, the point is is that we are listening to Iowans, we are talking to Iowans, and we want to make sure that they know that as this election cycle moves forward, they have a real choice on which party and which candidates stand for freedom, opportunity, and accountability, and we do.
0: The Republican majority legislature voted last year to ban most abortions as early as six weeks of pregnancy, so abortion rights legislation has almost no chance of passing. But Republicans, including the governor, have supported more access to birth control and changing postpartum insurance coverage. In a unanimous vote, the Illinois State Board of Elections decided yesterday to keep former President Donald Trump on Illinois' primary ballot. Board member Jack Vrett says they do not have the power to weigh in on complex constitutional issues, and doing so could set a dangerous standard. A group of Illinois voters and a national voting rights group filed an objection earlier this month to Trump appearing on the ballot on the grounds that he engaged in an insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. The challenge will likely head to the Illinois courts now. The U.S. Supreme Court will hear arguments next month on whether Trump's role in the January 6th attack disqualifies him from running. The new athletic director at Southeastern Community College is hoping for another successful run at the school. Joe O'Brien spent eight years as head coach of the men's basketball team in the late 1990s and early 2000s. The school won three National Junior College basketball championships during that time. He began work as athletic director a couple of weeks ago. A welcome reception for O'Brien is scheduled for 3 p.m. on Thursday in Lauren Walker Arena on the West Burlington campus. In our feature for today, election officials say the stakes could not be higher to find poll workers as we head into a presidential election. But low pay and long hours can make it a challenging position to fill, meaning they need to find new ways to recruit tens of thousands of people to staff the polls ahead of Illinois' March 19th primary. WBEZ's Tessa Weinberg reports on the search for poll workers.
3: At the Cook County Elections Operations Center in Cicero, rows of large metal boxes containing essential voting equipment sit at the ready. Ed Michalowski is the Cook County Deputy Clerk of Elections. For Election Day, he says there are 1,430 of those boxes to be exact.
2: To me, it always reminds me of the uh, Indiana Jones first movie when they're going with the Ark of the Covenant and the warehouse keeps going and going and going.
3: Each of those boxes full of election equipment will be sent to a precinct in the suburbs. And at each precinct, ideally, there would be five election judges who are trained on how to use the equipment to help voters cast their ballot. That means the county needs at least 7,150 election judges for those sites.
2: It's pretty daunting when you look at it.
3: But this year, Mike estimates they won't reach that goal.
2: We're probably going to be over 6,000 at the end of the day, which will put us in a position where we'll have at least three people in every precinct, which is... Uh, manageable, not perfect, but manageable.
3: Finding enough poll workers is a challenge for election officials across the country. And even they acknowledge it's a tough job. Here's Chicago Board of Elections spokesman Max Bever.
1: It's long hours. It's not much pay for those long hours. And you are at the center of what can be a very politically fraught day.
3: But it's an essential job, too.
1: The way the law is written, Election judges are required to be that heart of democratic process. And when we can't get enough judges, uh, election day doesn't uh, run as smoothly.
3: To boost the ranks of poll workers, some election authorities are increasing pay. This year, a Cook County polling place technician will make $400 for the day, a $15 pay bump. And election authorities have had to get creative and push for veterans and students to help chip in. In the last three elections held in Chicago, Bever says nearly 20 percent of the election judge workforce were high school or college-age students. And election officials try to ensure hands-on training helps demystify the process for poll workers. On a recent Wednesday, Cook County poll workers were being trained on the ins and outs of the voting process.
1: And remember to- also write the voter's name on your envelope okay this is the provisional ballot
3: envelope. LaShawn Hatchett is a lead election judge trainer. She remembers feeling hesitant the first time she worked the polls more than a decade ago. She likes to remind new poll workers. Don't be worried about memorizing anything here today. Everything is in the manual here. Learning the process helped her see how her vote counts. The more you know about, the less you fear it. When I did become an election judge, you did see the other side of voting completely. I mean, it quelled all of the, not fears, but concerns that people may have with the security of it. And it helps her feel like she's giving back too. It is so much worth it. You're serving your community. You really are. It's the same sense of civic duty that spurred people at the Chinatown Public Library to approach Jane Lau to sign up to help. Election judges, okay? The job is challenging, but it's really rewarding. Lau works for the Chicago Board of Elections and focuses on outreach in the Chinese community. She's trying to recruit poll workers who are bilingual to help serve the hundreds of precincts that qualify for language assistance. He's filling
0: out the form to
3: uh, apply to serve as the judge of election election day and uh, he speaks uh, mandarin is uh, one of the chinese dialects. lao does outreach like this year round word of mouth is important and her pitch is simple i mean when you hear uh, people sign up as election judges and then they say okay it's the civic duty and then i said there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah. while most poll workers are only giving a few days of their time mike says it's work that couldn't be more essential we need help
2: real help to prop up democracy
3: Mike says election judges are the front-line forces that help beat back misinformation and false narratives from taking brute at the ballot box. Tessa Weinberg, WBEZ News.
0: In the weather for our listening area for today, cloudy skies through mid-morning. Then it should gradually clear with a high in the low 50s. West winds at 5 to 10 miles an hour should turn toward the south this afternoon. For tonight, partly cloudy skies with a low in the mid-30s. For TSPR News, I'm
1: Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.